Good evening, everybody. It's about 8.08 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome to this edition of Cincy Brewcast. My name is Mike Cisneros, and we're happy that everyone out there is joining us, either podcast-wise or on our live Periscope TV feed. We're sorry we're running a little bit late tonight, but uh, we have a couple of very, very special guests joining us tonight on the Cincy Brewcast. But first of all, let us welcome our regular staff here, the Brewcast team. First of all... Yeah. Does that mean a paycheck? <laughs> yeah, really. No, it does not. <laughs> from from the gnarlygnome.com, the man who is synonymous with anonymous, the man who is from anywhere and nowhere, the Gnarly Gnome. Gnome, welcome. Cheers. Thank you very much. From the Overlook Lodge in uh, Pleasant Ridge and... Uh, the person who put together an outstanding sports trivia night last Tuesday and tomorrow night is doing a Stephen King movie trivia night from the Overlook Lodge. Tina Cisneros, ahoy, ahoy. Hey there. Running the social media things for us tonight. As always, uh, she would, could not join us last week because her poor boy, Chevy, had major surgery. Oh, poor baby. The little Chester, but she is back with us tonight, uh, twittering her fingers and Facebooking her thumbs. Angie Cisneros, ahoy, ahoy. Hey there. And joining us tonight, two very, very special guests. And really, really happy to get these guys on tonight. And uh, so we'd like you to help us welcome uh, Mike Alberetta and Brandon Hughes, the two men behind Nine Giant Brewing Company, which is getting ready to open in Pleasant Ridge. In fact, two doors down from the Overlook Lodge. And so there's going to be a whole little... Uh, entertainment district going there. Gentlemen, welcome to Cincy Brewcast. Howdy. Good evening. They have, have brought, we, we are embarrassed. Why is it that everybody has good radio voices except for us? I don't know, man, but... But, but, but you but. control the board. You can make yourself sound however you want. I figured out how to make myself sound like a chipmunk, and that's about all I figured out. <laughs> So anyway, Mike and Brandon are joining us tonight. Welcome, guys. Congratulations. And I guess things are getting pretty close over there, aren't they? Close-ish. Yeah. Closer. Closer. Yeah, I mean, I went by there one night after leaving the Overlook, and there were some people inside, and it looked like some people were giving some tours, and it might have been you, Mike. I can't remember who it was, and there were four or five people inside. And then the next time I went, which was only since Tina works there, it was only a about a week or maybe 10, no, 12 was, days. It was like the next day. And it was no, it was all boarded up, all papered up. You couldn't see anything yeah. inside. So there must be very top secret uh, operations it, going it, on. It, it looks a lot more, you know, top secret than it really is. We had, we needed to, to see what was behind all the wonderful uh, wood and, and covering that we had up there for the last 50 years. Mike and Brandon have brought beer. And yeah. we're going to feature all of, as as many. What did you? What did we end up with? Six or seven different kinds, something like that. Um, yeah. And and this is all going to be stuff that's. It, it, are we going to start? Is it going to start in Nine Giant or a couple of them or how many different ones are you going to be? I, I think this is this is kind of where we are developing where our ideas are coming from when we as we start to develop our opening tap menu for Nine Giant. We're kind of not really. Uh, early down with the, the whole flagship beer thing we want to provide a new tap room kind of like every time you show up we want to have we drink one-off beers we think that's one of the most exciting things about going to drinking beer from the source of finding those beers as much as humanly possible we want to be able to provide that experience in our house we want to have you know new pale ales new ipas you know every time you come in every couple of weeks we want there to be at least one new beer hopefully two new beers 
Um, so beer is kind of a journey. Nobody starts and stays within one level of beer or one style of beer. You want to kind of explore around. We want to be able to part of that journey to be able to provide you a, a path. And right off the bat, Periscope wants to know how many taps you guys are going to have. Ten to start. Mm-hmm. There, there, there may or may not be a whole bunch more tap lines sitting somewhere underneath the concrete. <laughs> uh, ten. Well, without further ado then, because we play this because we're contractually obligated to play. From the Beer Fridge. And you have started us off with something that's very pale in color. Yes. Uh, very light head. Tell us about it. So this uh, is, uh, let me just start first. This is, this is one of our first test beers. So this is like a while ago. So this is kind of like from our, from the, from the Nine Giant Library. Yeah, take it. Uh, this is a. We don't have that sound bite, by the way, from the Nine Giant <laughs> we'll, Library. We'll get it though. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a one of our earliest, I guess, sort of real formulations at a saison, and um, I I happened upon a couple of of Brett species, and and I, I took the base beer and uh, doused five gallons of it with um, a Phantom Brett Isolate. Um, so this has been kind of hanging out and getting. It was a very very mild mannered beer to start with, and it's just continued to develop in the bottle over the last year and a half, and it's it's kind of fun. I mean, it's it's neat because of the effervescence is just over the top. Um, you've got these great sort of like funky undertones. It's not like powerful horse blanket or anything like that. It's just a really nicely nuanced, super super light, very very light beer. But it's just got all this like great yeast character on the top that just mm-hmm. sort of dances. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, the aroma is especially fun to me, where you yeah, get kind of yeah, that, that, that funk a little bit, uh, funk, and also sit- very citrusy, like very orangey or tangerine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And um, um, it's Brett's right? So uh, it, it's actually—I don't think anybody really. There are a couple of very small yeast labs that have this isolate. It's oh, it's Brett something. It's Brett something, yeah. but it's it's from the Phantom Brewery. It's 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 a very odd little beast. Without getting too far, kind of off yeah, the track. Let, let, well, but but no, that, that that's okay because we've got a lot of our listeners that we find find our homebrewers and people that are really interested in the technical side mm-hmm. of things. All kinds of so, nerds. So give us, yeah, I mean, give us kind of just an explanation. We know that uh, especially Urban Artifact over the last year has come in and they're using a lot of of Brett and a lot of wild species and there's it's kind of a buzzword you know so a lot of the breweries are looking to use this just tell us a little bit about it a little bit about what what exactly kind of product it is you know okay I mean I I guess when when you start to talk about wild beers in general um, a lot of what America is trying to do is kind of resurrect a a, a beer history Um, the Belgians have been brewing beer for years and years and years, and they brew it on a very, um, I guess, artisanal level. They they kind of they brew with what they have. They make it their own, and they they kind of have tradition that comes around it. Um, a lot of those brewers use spontaneous fermentation. They have they're using the the natural yeast and bacteria in the air to ferment their beer. There are a lot of people in, in America that are experimenting with That's this. the thing we hear about. They, they have yeah. the, uh, the the tanks in the top room, and they open right. the windows cool at night. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so that's kind of where that tradition comes from. In America, we, we have lost all of our beer tradition. We're trying to resurrect it again. We don't have any of these great family breweries that have been around anymore, and we may not have even brewed that way to start with because we were a, a new country. 
Uh, so the American way to do it is to then take all these wonderful bugs that we know work really well because they've been adapted to beer. You find them in dregs of bottles. You find them, um, you can actually isolate them from the air. There's a little bit more hit or miss. A lot of these um, smaller microbiologists are taking dreg samples. They're culturing their own stuff. And you know, you're getting pitches from labs that are, have this, these great sort of qualities. They are wild only in the sense that they're not very specific subspecies of yeast that the Saccharomyces family of yeasts that, that traditional beer yeast is very, very closely grouped in. So these are just to the outside of that. And they come up with very different sort of rules in terms of what they ferment, how they ferment, and the byproducts that they, they produce, the flavors that we, you know, we get to enjoy. So that's a little bit of what you can say wild. That's where those sort of distinctions come from in right, terms right. of like normal sack versus Brett yeast. And, right, right. And, and we aren't really going the, the wild culture route that like Urban Artifact does. Like we, that's not really our shtick. We just, no. we happen to really like Brett a lot. Yeah. So you'll probably see us play with Brett more so than, than bacteria. lacto or <laughs> yeah, bacteria or anything. Um, It'll be in very distinct sort of pools. I, I, you know, we're trying to get a, a very good, clean brewery running to start with and then we'll start to, to kind of branch sure, out a little bit. Sure. And and uh, again, I can see you guys putting this out in the summertime when it's nice and warm. Mm-hmm. It's 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 easy drinking. It's got a nice flavor. It's got that little citrusy uh flavor that that appeals to people especially when the weather's warm and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And as you said, uh and for everybody out there, it, it's very light. It's very light and easy drinking. How long has this been in a bottle? Just out of curiosity. About a year and a half. Cuz uh, that's what's fun to me about the Brett is that the way that it does interact over time. So I, you know, I, I'm curious to see what it would be like fresh versus mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, so what you, what thing. you didn't see is when Mike first tasted it, he looked at me and goes, Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, we, it was nice. we haven't had this in six months or something. Yeah. So yeah, it's what, fun to pull up. What, uh, so, so I, I mean, that, that's, that's really cool that you guys leave something like I mean, I can't, you know, I can't leave what's in the fridge, you know, two or three days. And, and so, you know, make, so make 10 gallons of beer at a time. And yeah. If you, that's, right. That's right. a lot. But it's cool. And so you guys have noticed a big change between mm-hmm. when it was when it was first bottled and now. It that, gets funkier. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah. You couldn't tell this from the standard Saison that we did with the other five gallons when it, when it first came out. In fact, we entered it in a competition and they didn't know it was bread. Um, right. No, no, actually, the clean version, I think, scored somewhere around, uh, beer points goes, you know, zero to 50. I think it scored like a 17 or something wow. like that. It was it was very unremarkable, <laughs> to say the least. It was just boring. As it well. was really boring, and yeah. it was ghost white. And this is, you know, a nice little shade of yellow. Uh, it's, right. it's just a completely different beer. Right, right, right. Completely. So this is just straight up Berliner Weiss. This isn't uh, adjunct. Not Nothing. Fruited. This isn't. Yeah, raspberries and blueberries and uh, schnozberries. <laughs> schnozberries. Dingleberries. Right. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely not dingleberries. Okay. Get away. That'd be some no wild culture. <laughs> Hashtag wild culture. I'm telling you, I've just absolutely fallen in love with this style of beer. I don't. I, I I never. When I start first started drinking beer, 
I never would have imagined that I would like something like this. I'm like, wow, it tastes sour and fruity and, yep. you know, and, 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 and it's like um, 2% alcohol or, yeah, and, 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 and this is cheating. It's almost like 3 9, but yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I was reading this my, is like Imperial Berliner Weiss. My company handbook the other day. And if a beer is under 3%, I think I'm legally allowed to drink it at work. We can do that. Hey. Yeah. Wow. It's according to our substance abuse policy. This is fantastic. Really? I love it. Why'd you like it? I haven't tried yeah, it. We, uh, we, we did our, paused, right? our first tasting no. um, okay. with some friends, friends of friends. Uh, I was kind of like making excuses for it before people tried it. I'm like, okay, listen, so this is kind of a weird thing. It's kind <laughs> of a wheat, but it's kind of sour and tart. And I was like, there people are going to hate this thing. You, can you just drink the pale ale? And mm-hmm. uh, they were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. What the hell's yeah. Berliner Weiss? No, as like, long as you explain it to people like, hey, do you want to get weird? This is weird. Let's let's go down this road. Super weird. But yeah, and it's yeah. like you get this, like, powerful punch. I mean, I love yogurt. And this is this is kind of like a couple of steps away from yogurt, but it's kind of drinking it in a glass. And it's yeah, we should not sell it like I that. I hate that you described it like that because I'm I cannot so, yeah. stand yogurt. Well, <laughs> but this is really good. You really enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> this, this is why I do marketing and Mike makes beer. Hmm. It's mine's almost gone. I like it so much. A little more, if you want. There's some left. Tell us about this one. Just, just straight up. This is a. This is one of my first, like true mixed culture fermentations. It's it's basically you 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 brew the beer, um, and then you pitch in a, a combination culture of lactobacillus, uh, two different types, brevis and um, <coughs> Another one I can't remember, and um, a German sort of ale yeast. I just let it go. And this, again, has continued to go funkier and funkier because you have live bacteria sitting in the bottle. That's going to continue to go, and the, and the yeast is going to continue to just pull it apart. It almost uh, has, like, this is going to be so weird, but it almost has, like, a little bit of, like, a cheese rind flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. With your yogurt mm-hmm. and your cheese. Yeah. <laughs> You just get that nice sort of earthiness mm-hmm. in with the acidity. You could pair this with something super funky like uh, uh like a Maytag Blue. Yeah, first thing that came to my mind was like a St. Andre, like a really runny like brie. Yeah. I mean, you start to get why they call it the Champagne of the North. Mm-hmm. This was, you know, it's a very, very, if you're not expecting it, I, I like to have expectations of like, here's the beer that you're going to be drinking. If you kind of get your fingers crossed, your wires crossed, you kind of go, what is this? But, you know, you start to go, okay, this is a little sour. Something a little different. It kind of gets you set up to, to really enjoy it, but it's very different. Are you guys interested in presenting this um, traditionally with some of the syrups and things like that that are um, that are avail- You know that they like they do in Germany, or is that uh, something that? So I, I think the beer tastes really great without it. I do so too. we might try it, but I don't want to force people down that route of sort of suggesting that that's yeah. the case. What I, I think what we might do is like do an event on a Friday where uh, I'll I'll make like back in the kitchen I'll make sort of homemade syrup from blackberries, blueberries, raspberries, something, and we'll kind of try it that way, but I don't want it, I don't really want to present it that way as a standard offering. Yeah, I mean, I, we're, we're kind of, we're not real, you know, beer adulterers. We'd kind of like to keep it, it's beer. Easy. And we also don't, like, we're not really tied to historical styles necessarily, mm-hmm. which which is funny given the fact that we're presenting something that's so damn historical. Um, we're not really wed to that kind of stuff. Like, I don't, we don't really care about breaking rules. Um so yeah, I don't think it. You know, sometimes you get some of those uh, real tart kind of beers that need a little bit of syrup for the people that might not like those tart flavors. And I don't think this is along those lines either, where it needs calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's, yep. you know, if, uh, 
I apologize. Yeah. I have not measured what pH this thing is, but it's. I think it's somewhat balanced. I don't think it's so far down in like the low right. threes that yeah. you can't, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, and you can tell that by tasting it, I think. Yeah. yeah. So one thing we should, there, there's there's going to be a lot of people that are demanding like you guys to brew this often. I so we're um, cool. We're uh so the so our plan you probably maybe read this on the uh on the blog post this week is we're basically dedicating each of our taps to a to a style. Um and one of those tap handles will be tarts probably or most <coughs> most likely tarts which is going to sort of rock back and forth between this and goza. Um at least until we can actually do proper sour stuff um with a barrel and a, mm-hmm. a, a, sort of a separate tank time. Right. What's next? All right, beer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> beer winch. And then we'll do a, you know, we'll do a, we'll do one or two more. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back and get into the yeah. real into the real nitty gritty. And we can continue on with the beers as you, as you guys because because you guys were nice enough to bring them. I'd like to try as many as we can. <laughs> this, one, this one actually has a label. We is did. that what your label is going to look like? No, no. This this is our That's original branding. Cool. Uh, this is our original branding that we did, and I had a. Uh, we have we don't have a cookie exchange. I, I work as an architect. That's my my professional job. Your for, job. For completely oh, <laughs> off the rails for, for a little for a little while longer. Oh, yeah. but there was there was a suggestion about eight or nine years ago that we do a cookie exchange. And one of the guys is like, no, we're not gonna do a cookie exchange. We're gonna do a beer exchange. So everybody brings in a case of beer and you kind of trade beer and you taste them in this competition. So uh, I, I, this year I felt like I actually had to make beer forward specifically for it. So I so in order to needed a label, not just be giving people random bottle, blank bottles that could be whatever. Yeah. I, I figured I needed a little something to read the top of the cap was not, you know, not Sorry. all that uh, classic. Yeah. So, uh, so this is a, what's now called a California common ale, which is bull stuff. Uh, <laughs> this is steam beer anchor. Oh, okay, good. You got yeah. that. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, so there, there's a reason people can't call steam beer steam California. beer anymore, and it's <laughs> anchor it's, steam because uh, they're ass clowns. Can I say ass clowns? Yeah, they're whatever just you protective. Want. Yeah, their, their trademarks. Right. They have a trademark that they, that they've spent millions of dollars developing yeah. into a uh, brand, like, I guess. So. It's like trademarking beer. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, nitro. We're gonna call this steam beer until they send me a freaking C and D cease and desist. Sorry, legalese. I've um, seen it, I, you know, and I've, I've been pe- in a couple of places that I, people do it. So yeah. it's not like it's, it's, it's you know, you guys would be the first ones. you got to have some big stones to put on a bottle, but uh, <laughs> we're not there yet. Um, so anyway, this is a uh, this is a California steam ale, uh, what we would call or what you'd call a hybrid ale, right. kind of half ale, half, uh, yeah, half lager. Yeah, I read about it <laughs> many moons ago. Yeah, you're explaining what, what makes it a steam, quote unquote, steam beer or a California common, whatever you want to call it. And and it's it's and you and and it's very interesting that you consider it to be like a hybrid. Yeah. So it's Mike. I'm going to tell you. So Mike is the beer genius, and I'm the beer drinker. Um, that's kind of how we how we kind of roll things. Uh, so Mike, this is a top fermenting ale yeast. Yes. It, Boom. It, it's it's a it's a, a hybrid <laughs> hybrid ale yeast that that you you're basically fermenting somewhere in between lager temperature and ale temperature. Ale temperature is typically 68, 70 degrees. Lager temperature is somewhere around 50. You kind of split the difference. You're somewhere in, you know, high 50s, low 60s. Yeah, and so in this sort of historically came out of the San Francisco, Northern California area because the temperature's at that range a whole lot of the time. And when you didn't have refrigeration back then, you kind of had to refri- or you kind of had to ferment it whatever the hell temperature it was outside. 
and that's what temperature it was. Mm-hmm. So, steam ale. Yeah. So uh, it's 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 a it's a somewhat of a lager. It's got a little bit of slight. I wouldn't say even slight ester, but it's it's got that nice sort of clean lagery taste to it. Um, this one has quite a bit of uh, nice toasty background to it, and Northern Brewer hops. This is this is kind of a style wonk beer that I wanted to do just because this is you know it's a, it's a nice starter beer because there is a competition part of our beer exchange. So I wanted to you know, although last year um, I think a saison won it, Nomen Gang won out of that out of that group. It's a good beer, though. It is good uh, but th- so this is brewed to be a little more. We purposely took this more towards the malt side. Um, mm-hmm. You can tell there's right. a bit more yes. malt depth in this. There's mm-hmm. what is this? Munich two row, a uh, little bit of crystal. Yeah, crystal sixty just to yeah. touch. Um, so it, and, it, and we restrained the hop a little bit, which is not necessarily. And it's. I don't know if it's kind of a stylistic choice of ours on a lot of things, but in certain styles, we've we've definitely tried to buck the trend of just let's let's take every style and just make it an IPA. Mm. Um, so you, you you definitely have people making California common ale right now that's like it might as well be a pale ale. Um, so we've we've not gone that route purposefully, yeah, and this is meant more for the person who sort of comes in or or brings his uh, buddy and is like, hey, I I drink Budweiser, um, yeah. and I'm like, well, I don't have Budweiser, but we've got something at all times sort of cater to those people, but also be interesting enough to where beer snobs can go, oh, that's pretty rad, like yeah, different. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely excellent. I I I, I just like the clean flavor mm-hmm. of it, and 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 then like you said, the maltiness, just it just blows up. Yeah, it still not, has a little bit of that fruity ester kind of thing. Just going a on little, too. just, just enough a little, to, just enough to give it kind of an ale. Mm-hmm. I think it tastes like a cracker. Character. I think it smells yeah. like bread. Yeah, I think yeah. it smells a lot You're like cheese bread. and crackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like who when, needs dinner? It, at least in. <laughs> My opinion, like when a lager's really good, is when you can taste the grain that can, that went into it, um, or at least get get a hint of of what that was, um, rather than I don't know, just tasting kind of nothing like Budweiser. Yeah, um, I, you know, this is it's lagers are cool too. I mean, you know, when when you're drinking a lot of beer, you need to kind of switch it up every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, right. You know, it's nice to have something that's just well, that's <coughs> different, and you know, that's it's you get a break from the hops. I mean, if you've ever gone to a sour beer festival. You can only drink so many sour beers in a row. Right, you gotta right. be able to cleanse the palate, move somewhere else, and come back to it. You have appreciation for it then. Absolutely. Well, and I do think that it's an interesting answer to sort of how um, a lot of the other breweries are doing sort of their more approachable, like you know, you know, Budweiser comparable beer, like the beer for the the uh, light American lager drinkers. Um, it's a lot more unique than a lot of the other ones. So I think that's yeah. Hmm. And, Super cool. and we are also doing Kolsch, um, and we sort of st- we, we started working on Kolsch recipes before Kolsch got cool. Um, and <laughs> so my my last job, I was actually Kolsch was not cool, dude. I, I disagree. So my my last job, I was over in a Cologne every six months or so, and it's awesome. Like it's killer over there. Like you, that, that's your option of drinking beer is you drink Kolsch, and it's fresh, and it was brewed right there, and it's it's a really cool culture. And when that beer is made. Uh, well, okay, back up here. I'm about to talk, talk myself into, into a corner. <laughs> when, when that beer is well crafted, um, it tastes. It has this kind of like almost crackery bite to it. Right. That's just yeah. fantastic. It's it's clean and it's it's a really awesome beer. It gets. And I'm not talking to anybody local, but the the, the style here in the states has gotten bastardized. Period. Um, what, we're going to fix what, that. What what ha- I mean, what happened? I mean, just real quick, because we're we're going to take a break here. But what what do you think happened to, to Blondale? Think, is not 
fun. It's not a good sexy marketing term. Kolsch sounds elevated, and mm-hmm. it's it, they're very simple recipes. That's mm-hmm. the, the devil is in the details with those beers. Mm-hmm. Right, you have to get all the little pieces parts right. You got to get the water right. You got to get the hopping right. You have to take you, a time to ferment it right. Uh, yeah, you, you I, can't I, ferment it like an ale exactly. It, yeah. it takes a little more time I, to lager it down. I mean, there's a reason that a lot of people aren't doing loggers right now and and you know there's people are stressed to try and get beer out to market and they're they're pushed by the market they need that we're not we're very thirsty here in cincinnati people are drinking a lot of beer we're trying to make as much beer as possible all these people in town are expanding you don't have tank space you know typical loggers you need to have at least a couple weeks for lagering time at a minimum you know to be able to put justice to say yes this is actually lagered you're actually getting something out of it yeah so it you know as if Someday, you know, you've got extra tank space. People start playing around with loggers because it, it costs money. It's the opportunity cost. I, right, right. I just left um, the Braxton Builders um, community, whatever they, I don't know, the, the the town hall meeting that they had for their Kickstarters, and there was a a pretty long discussion about loggers and and why they why they do loggers, even though the the financial people are a little upset about it and it doesn't make sense on paper when you look at it. And it, it's it's a fascinating discussion to look yeah. at how much more time it does take in a tank. And 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 when you're talking about you know a certain percentage of your your tank space eaten up by this beer that's just kind of sitting and it's just um, hanging it's, out. It's it's yeah. interesting. Not it's, I mean, it's why that, that's why everybody makes. Kolsch right. is because it takes half the time as Pilsner. Done. Like, that's why people are doing it. And that's, and that's fine. And I get why people who are sort of capacity constrained are doing that. We're hopefully not. Um, and we don't have any ambitions of getting huge right now or maybe even ever. Uh, we just want to be this little small, cool thing doing cool stuff that we think people will enjoy. So that means we can do loggers. And this isn't even actually a, a logger, but this is loggered down. All right, we'll leave it Logger there ish. for uh, right now. We are going to take a short break, 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 <laughs> and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8 Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones, or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. Mm-hmm. 
Be sure to join us for our next live edition of Cincy Brewcast emanating from beautiful Bellevue, Kentucky at 8-Ball Brewing inside the party source on Riviera Drive. We'll be in the taproom at 8-Ball on January 15th, or February 15th, rather, 2016, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our live program and our live Periscope TV feed. We'll be joined by head brewer Mitch Darty, party source beer department manager, and the man behind Quaff Brothers, who had a big, uh, a big release today, uh, Danny Gold, and the dean of Cincy craft beer tap rooms eight balls bar manager none other than the inimitable james peanut kales we'll taste and comment on many of eight balls beers find out what makes eight ball and the beer program at the party source tick and we'll get their taste their take on the craft beer explosion in the cincinnati area and their part in it again that's monday night february 15th 2016 8 p.m at eight ball brewing inside the party source in bellevue kentucky for another live edition of cincy brewcast the voice of cincy craft we are joined by mike alberetta and brandon Hughes from nine giant brewing in beautiful pleasant ridge ohio uh just uh, right down the street from where tina is at uh the overlook lodge and they're really trying to put together a pretty nice little entertainment dining drinking district there in uh, in pleasant ridge aren't they yes and that's got to be very exciting <laughs> to be a part of that a big a part of that that's great marketing boy i'll tell you no i'm just yeah. kidding <laughs> no really seriously i mean it, it well don't talk it, too much about it why? Well, I want to do a Pleasant Ridge show still. <laughs> okay, and when's that going to be? <laughs> March. Yes. March. Okay. March 14th. That's right. Monday, March 14th, we're going to do a show, another show with you guys, if you'll have us, if this hasn't been too weird here. <laughs> the week okay. of my birthday. And we're going to uh, we're going to go it down to the uh, to the Overlook, and we're oh, going yeah. to have, we're gonna have Jacob involved, and, oh, yeah. and maybe some other people. And so, Jeff and Sheila from Grand Central Deli, hopefully. Nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so, and we'll you, you guys can all get together, we'll talk. The, we'll talk Nine Giant. We'll talk the uh, Overlook. We'll talk the Deli and some and of the we'll other stuff. We'll talk Gnome birthdays on. and Gnome's birthday. When is your birthday? The nineteenth. Hey, wow. Hey, that's Nancy's birthday. That's Nancy's birthday. I think we've had this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back with these guys, and uh, they have just. This is still the. Uh, this is still the California Comet. California Comet. SF. You're almost behind. Oh, yeah. so it's, I am behind. It is. It is called SF because. It's steam beer from San Francisco, which is called SF. So it's spelled really cool. Marketing genius, yeah. E S F E S S E F F S F. Aha! Yeah, like see. Arby's. That's very clever. Right. Yes, like Ar- kind of like Arby's. Yes, exactly. Very nice. Very nice. So Arby's. What Arby was the, roast beef. Uh, <coughs> <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what was the? jumping off point for you guys with this what was sort of the uh, you know where do you guys know each other from the origins the what was your the, road to yeah craft what was beer? your road to craft beer start uh, at the beginning please yeah uh there was light um so they met on tinder right no, no. <laughs> so, so mike and i are not a couple let's let's start that off that's that's been that has been confused many a time uh so basically uh we are brothers in law uh, ah. So our wives are sisters. That's not incestuous at all. We didn't know each other before that. Uh, so right. Um, but basically, we go on a big family vacation every year uh, down to North Carolina to the to the beach down there and stay uh-huh. in this little kind of beach cottage thing. Uh-huh. And uh, Mike and I are always in charge of going out and getting groceries and uh, food or fish. And you spend fish the to whole cook. budget Hunt, on hunting, the hunting and gathering. Of right. The, yeah. Of the trip. Yeah. It's like modern day hunting and gathering, yeah. which means go to the supermarket. <laughs> Uh, and then Food go get lion. beer. 
Uh, and we were on our way there listening to old school hip hop, and uh, Mike's like talking about wanting it, you know, kind of pipe dream someday, open a brewery. And I was like, hey, look, you are a brilliant home brewer. Uh, I do that whole business thing. Like, you put business and brewing together, and that's a freaking brewery. Um, and then we got really, really intoxicated that night. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was kind of a rainy day, if I remember. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I uh, woke up the next morning, and I uh, like, hey. Did you, did, Remember did you, that? Did, did, did you really mean that? And he's like, yeah, I think kind of. Did you really mean it? I was like, well, I think so. What did they and, say on How I Met Your Mother? The four the four words uh, said by men or what are friends that we should start a bar and like we should start a band we should start yeah. <laughs> yeah. we should open a bar <laughs> so so literally that was like five years ago yes um this is pre mad tree pre uh, this is like pre ryan guys pre I mean, pre everybody except for mount carmel and rivertown right sorry um and he was living in brooklyn at the time i was living in san francisco mm-hmm. and our wives really were kind of wanting to move back here i think we lost the ipad Yes. God bless Paris America. Paris is really down now. We're having it's literally down. That's, we're having, that's the best. We're having Picture a real ever. problem tonight with Periscope. Please, we're sorry, Periscope. Please, Let's we just turn the you. damn thing off. Yeah. Sorry, Please guys. continue. Sure. Uh, so we were living on both coasts. So the girls are from Cincinnati. Yeah. So Are you guys I'm from Cincinnati? Side. I am. I'm from Bethel, so I could throw a rock oh, and hit okay. my own All house, right. I yeah, Very good. Yeah. Uh, I, I was from northern Indiana, and I, I kind of I meandered my way down here by way of school and Entering. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we were both kind of on different coasts, and Weiss wanted to move back here, and you moved back three and a half years ago yes, or something? 2012. So it would be almost four years ago. And then I moved back last year when we said, let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And it's and, and it's and it's been history. What is the significance of Nine Giant? Uh, it's a secret. <laughs> uh, the Nine Giant is kind of the Kaiser Soze of the uh, mysterious creatures world. <laughs> That's all I'm allowed to say. Wow, that's terrific! That's, that's so so much creative freedom to imagine what it could be. When did when when did you start homebrewing? I mean, when were you uh, you know college uh, before that? Uh, Mike, were you legal when you started homebrewing? Yeah, I mean, Not uh, officially. Uh, I, I came from an Italian American family, which where um, uh, my father started making wine in the basement of his mom and dad's house when right. he was about eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. Right. So, and he's continued to make wine for years. And so my brother and I would help him out on weekends, racking, bottling, sure. whatnot. Uh, my mom's always been a baker. My dad's always been interested in cooking food. So, you know, I kind of got around to making food. And then I was like, somebody handed me uh, the joy of homebrewing when I was like 19 or 20. He's like, I'm going to make beer. This is like, I, I, this is going to be great. It's like, you can make beer at home. I'm like, that sounds like a brilliant idea. And I, I that after after school let out, I spent my entire summer internship at lunch reading Charlie Papazian's book, The Joy of Homebrewing, cover to cover like two or three times, started hanging out in homebrew shops, and bought my first two kits, uh, I think when I was nine. no, I think I was 20. I was the whole 20 years old. They didn't, they didn't actually check, but... Yeah. yeah. You can brew well, before I, you were 21. That is perfectly legal. You just can't drink it? You're, I don't think you're supposed to drink it. No. But I don't yeah, know. I mean, the stuff they sell you in the homebrew shop mm. is not necessarily, you know, it's, it's not finished alcohol, so it's it, technically... Yeah. Pop grain yeast. A 10-year-old kid could buy it, yeah, technically, I would say. You could make bread with that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so giving my age away, I've been brewing for over 20 years. 
so it's it's been one of those things that just I've I've kept up with. I when we moved to New York, uh, shortly after I met my wife, she wanted to move to New York. I said, "Yeah, it sounds like a great idea." I said, "But you got to get me a basement. I need a basement and a backyard so I can make beer." Uh, so I drug an entire like um, half barrel rack system all the way to New York. There were no homebrew shops in New York when we started there, but by the time we left, there were there were three. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to believe, but I guess it's I guess it's just something that has developed as, you know, as, as a hobby mm-hmm. all over the country. And it's funny because there's been homebrew shops in Cincinnati since I can since, as long as I can remember. So something kind of happened in Cincinnati first and then and then went to New York. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. I think is well, pretty funny. In, in the typical New York City apartment doesn't have a, a lot of the. Um, accoutrements to make beer yeah, i mean to I have understand. a closet for clothes is kind of a luxury the right fact, yeah right. so a gigantic carboy of beer in there would be weird so mike lived uh mike his wife and his two children uh lived in like a 800 square foot apartment uh in brooklyn uh but it had a basement that's right that's for the gotta be, system. yeah that's absolutely right that's got to be amazing carol today. gardens it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> it was so terrible we didn't leave for eight years i know it was you know that's was, partially because it was rent controlled ish Ish, right. <laughs> What's next? Uh, uh, this. You want me to go? Okay. No, go. This is a um, a local hot pale ale um, that is a little bit higher in alcohol than I would like it. Um, but there was a gentleman who lives in Pleasant Ridge, uh, Derek uh, from Ashi Hops. His family's farm, and I'm not going to remember exactly what uh, area it is. It's uh, 71, about halfway up to Columbus. His family has about 100 acres up there, and it's him and his two brothers. And Derek um, took this little corner that is along a creek, and he started putting in Cascade, Centennial, uh, Sterling, and I think maybe one other hop. And he kind of, you know, jumped on us uh, out of the blue off of our website. He was like, hey, I'm growing hops. I live in the neighborhood. Let's get together. I want, you know, I want you to try out the hops, see how they are. And so this was a, these are, he got them analyzed uh, through the um, uh, Ohio Extension. They are all of about 3.2% alpha acid. Normal cascades are somewhere in the high sevens. So so, so, so they don't bitter very they well. They don't well, bitter very right? much. But I think they have this really, really neat sort of like orange tangerine sort of flavor to them. Um, I just literally walloped the, you know, late hopping, just walloped the, bejesus out of a, a batch of pale ale that i've been working on i was like this is kind of neat but i just thought it was really cool to, to actually i've not had any local hops my hops that i've grown haven't been all that good so to you know get some nice ones i'm like yeah this is kind of neat i mean maybe there is a future for you know Ohio hop farming i hope so well that, that brings up a fun topic too have you guys talked to anybody about other local ingredients be it, you know honey or things like that and and how that kind of can get incorporated into what you're doing uh we also have another um artisan in the pleasant ridge area uh cafe urbana uh daniel deruga has been roasting in his house uh in pleasant ridge for a while now um his roasting operation is getting ready to move down into finlay market and he roasts some very very nice flavorful coffees that you know we've kind of playing around and met a couple of times and we'll be doing some collaborations on doing some stranger uses of coffee yes yeah, so we're working on so we don't i mean well coffee's like i i love coffee stout coffee yeah. porter that's all great we're probably going to leave with coffee ipa 
because um, he has a really neat. Is it Mexican? He's got a coffee? Mexican blend, and he's got a, a Bali blend that are really, really. That have neat. these kind of like almost blueberry notes that are kind of like mosaic. Wink, mm-hmm. wink. Um, <laughs> so we're kind of probably going to play with that to start with. Excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. This is uh, again. This is this is fantastic. We've had a few of the of the local hop, the wet hop that we've gotten some stuff that's been done. Uh, with Ohio Valley hops and then the one from uh, from Great Miami hops uh, they just released something last week uh, a black IPA Great Miami with Hop uh, project uh, episode yes, 1 with Rivertown so it's it's the right time for it and this this is uh, this is fantastic cool thank I you really so much like it. yeah it's it's definitely on the maltier side of pale ale and that's that's because the al- the alpha acids are so low on mm. this hop you have to have a metric shit ton to make it really really hoppy <laughs> yeah. um but what, what we didn't want to do was to hide the flavor of his hops behind other mass-produced hops um just to get it hoppy so we sort of left this and as i it was. think it's i think it's, it fits the bill i mean mm. i think it's it's really neat when you when you get a breath of air and then you come over top of the glass and you just all of a sudden get that, that real bright citrusy yeah. kind of yeah. but not I mean, but not I think it's, it's it's so hard to describe too it's not like you would think from like a big you, giant you know over hopped ipa absolutely it's, you don't have any trouble recognizing that it's a pale ale i mean yeah. it's, it's 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 beautiful and it's also kind of like we 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 like old school pale ale like what pale ale used to be you right. know west coast back in the day it has some <coughs> what is this probably munich and crystal again yeah yeah, yeah. Even less. I'm sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. um, does anybody remember Main Street Brewing, Mike? Do you remember Main Street? Yes. Brewing? Yes. I, 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 do. I have. I I remember those pale ales that we mm-hmm. were just so happy to have. Right. It was like right. we had Sam Adams and we had local pale ale. Barrel House had a really great pale. I was ale. a young yep. lad, but I yep. remember. Oh. <laughs> Barrel House was. We were. In fact, there's my Main Street Brewing. Um, um, the, beer mat right there kind of uh, up on the right hand side right next to the great divide one there uh, yeah, the, the, right the, right the closest there. i've gotten uh, didn't mad well, tree, you can look at didn't mad tree <laughs> brew that main street pale ale which was supposedly they did the, they did, uh, uh, they, they did cool. supposedly brew the original one of the original recipes and i did try it and it was quite good it was yeah. it was really nice so um yeah we remember them all the oldenburg and i don't and, want uh, to talk about and, it and, and, makes me sad to even talk it's just i missed it all i missed every bit of that history the rock bottom in the early days it's you guys a, didn't drink enough. You killed them. It's it, all no, your no, fault. No, no, no. It's okay. Your liver is it's got more to explore. <laughs> we tried. We, I mean, we. She, she drank that. She drank that Hefeweiss until it came out of her ears. So, uh, listen, we're <laughs> a couple of times. You're right. Listen, we're going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be right back here on Cincy Brewcast in just a few moments with Nine Giant Brewing, uh, and uh, we'll be back on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi fans, I want to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast, Pastura Screen Print. Mario Pastura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pastura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pastura Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pastura.screenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasturascreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pastura Screen Print. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham with Municipal Brew Works in Hamilton, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. All right, back here on Cincy Brewcast with Mike and Brandon from Nine Giant Brewing in Pleasant Ridge. And uh, and so 
the ish. Let's let's get down to the uh, nitty gritty as to when you guys think. He keeps telling me there's no ish anymore. You May. might be way less coming ish. online. May, May for sure. May. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there, man. I'm just trying to ish. <laughs> Are there technically things that could change that? Sure, not by a ton. Um, really, so our federal licensing is done. We're waiting on state because you have to, because you have to have the brewery stuff in, in place and have to be able to actually occupy the building legally, which means the construction has to be finished. So, uh, but that's all in and applied for. Um, construction is about halfway done. Uh, we were waiting. The, the, the big question was our water tap, which we've been waiting for oh, yes. for a month now. Yes. It's going in tomorrow. Uh, so... That was the big question mark, and past that, we're putting up walls like next yes. week. No walls are started. The, well, they're 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 stud work. I wasn't started. there today. <laughs> uh, so we've got so we have floors. We have a ceiling. These are all improvements. <laughs> we just do walls. You've been following along. Important things. And the front. <laughs> no, because the day. No, because the day that I walked by, uh, that evening that I walked by, literally it was dirt. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. with. Trenches Mounds, and you know, trenches with pipes and so forth. I was, I was driving and, by and, pretty much and a bobcat inside. It's really I'd funny to see a bobcat front. actually inside a building. Yeah, that, okay. was, that was real that was funny unpopular. for the neighbors. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. Thanks, Facebook. We're like, we can't feel our face anymore. <laughs> yeah, the, the exhaust is a problem, but there are things you can do. To uh-huh. It smells like burning. exactly. <laughs> They'll appreciate it once you guys are open. It's all done. It's the the, the hard part is over for them that's true i mean our our brewing system is in it's sitting over at Moreline. man greg's, perfect greg's hoarding it for us um <laughs> but we're, we're, i mean we're just waiting on construction a yeah. little bit of licensing and we're 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 good to go what what's what's it going to be like inside can you give us a little like the design how the you know, how it's going to be set up how is it going to be you know, was a little modern, <laughs> classic, old friends. school. Yeah. You know, well, we we were gonna go for dirt floors and a plywood front, <laughs> yeah. but apparently that's not cool anymore. Health department. No, no seats at the bar. Just yeah. a, just a rail to kick your boot it's up. Nice. Like, we'll just we'll just build a mound, right? Like old school, rustic uh, tap room. Uh, architect Michael. Uh, yeah, I what, is, what, is, what is what is what is what is the interior going to be like? I, I think I think we've kind of uh, settled on at least a, an idea that it's uh, early hipster craftsman was kind of the, the ethos we were trying to pull in. <laughs> uh, you know, we we really were trying to spend as much money as possible. I'm going to put that in right. <laughs> that's 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 actually true. On 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 redoing the infrastructure in this building, it is it's done in the early teens or twenties. Every piece of infrastructure to this building other than it's the the structure that holds it up is being replaced i mean down to the floors yeah. uh we kept the original plaster ceiling we put another sheet leather sheeting over it um but all new electric all new water the gas service uh was upgraded recently but you know we're, we're spending a lot of money HVAC. to do this thing yeah hvac is all brand new um we're sticking a lot of money into um a steam power brewing system uh, we have a brand new small five barrel steam powered brewing system. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to make the best beer possible. We want to provide a a really neat taproom experience, but we're not going to be having no Corinthian leather. Um, <laughs> we, we're going with no uh, gold leaf. No, not, no gold leaf. We're going with a stained concrete floor. Um, we're going to be incorporating wood. It's going to be fairly industrial. We're going to have a lot of um, ductwork kind of flying through. We're going to have. Uh, exposed conduit it's going to be you know kind of taking the machine exposing it and turning it out and just so you kind of get to see the building working as it is we're not we're not 
covering it up. I right. don't, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge theoretical architect. I don't have all these like great grand plans. That's why I'm getting into brewing. I like to be able to produce stuff that actually you can put your hands on and taste and share with people. Um, I think it's a really neat way to like continue to make things. Sure. Um, so these are kind of like the, the gentle things that I've held on as I've grown through, you know, being an architect over the last 20 years. Um, so, you know, we're going to, it's going to have a nice little industrial edge, but we're going to have, uh, about 68 seats. Uh, three quarters of that's going to be sort of like bar height seating. We're going to have some, uh, a lower banquette, some lower seating, some more like table height. Um, it will be light and airy. <laughs> And we're going to have we've got all, obviously a brand new storefront. Somebody will uh, understand why I'm laughing eventually because it, it down is the road many many weeks big from now open space. Yeah, um, but we're we're uh, putting a new storefront, new doors on the front. Obviously, that's sure. why we had to cover it with plywood. Uh, we're putting in uh, some bifolding windows so we can open up to the street. Well, that's why I was laughing. Yeah. Okay. So basically, the whole the whole front of the building. The reason we tore that thing down is we're putting in an opening storefront where the entire front of the building. Opens and there's bar seating there. Bar awesome. seating, right? So to have your right, beer straight out, out of Montgomery. OTR, right? You guys, yeah, it's it's totally out of. We ripped it off of OTR. <laughs> um, and that's it, this the the very short answer is this space will feel like it could have been in I don't know, OTR or Brooklyn San or Hay Ashbury yeah. or kind of yeah Mission District. Um, so yeah, and there's a the other cool feature is. Um, so rather than the back of the bar being some shelving and you know boards and menus and stuff, about half or two thirds of the of the back bar is a giant window that looks back into the in, into the brewery. Um, so you're able to sort of see from everywhere in the tap room, like where the where the where the magic happens. Yeah, it's it's a little you know retro brew pub. You can get to see where it is. You can't actually sit in the brewery like you can at Mad Tree, but right. And then. What is the word? Is the word snackery or snack? Snackery. Snack, snacky. <laughs> Marketingery. Snackery. Mark, marketingery. <laughs> yes. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. If you've got even an idea or a plan. or Oh, we do. Any, uh, yeah, it changes every day. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Uh, so the concept on the kitchen is basically it's centered around sort of small plate takes on generally American bar foods, uh, done up scale, completely made from scratch kitchen. Um, so take like, take a crummy bar food, like, uh, a, a lot nachos. of bars. Uh, we, okay. We aren't doing nachos. Uh, <laughs> cheese sticks. Let's go deep Mark, fried pickles. Go. We're actually, <laughs> all right. Deep okay. Fried pickles. Oh, so like yeah. most, most bars go into the back and there's a box in a freezer that have deep fried pickles in them. And they stick them in a deep fryer and they, they sort of hand them to you with some sauce out of a squirt bottle, right? So we're taking cucumbers, pickling them, uh, hand dredging them to order, uh, frying and serving with a uh, with a scratch made uh, uh, horseradish aioli. So we're going from cucumber to deep fried pickles. So so house house made cucumbers, house house made house, house made pickles, house grown cucumbers. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow, well, I must have grown, missed the farm in the Grown in the dirt yeah. mound that you yeah. sit on. <laughs> yeah, when it was when it was dirt in there, we just planted cucumbers and you just you know yeah no, we're 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 not growing things. Uh, but so the so basically the Except menu is upscale dreams. takes on bar food served small plate style about eight to ten items. Uh, we're also toying around with the idea 
actually, well, we're probably going to do it, uh, is to have a sandwich of the week that rotates. So something a little more substantial if you want something besides sort of bar snacks. Um, and then we're also toying with burger night because I've got a burger recipe that nice. slays it. Nice. Are you going to do uh, to-go food for uh, two doors down bartenders that are really hungry <laughs> in the afternoons? <laughs> I, my, good question. So... Technically, sorry to put you on the spot. Only, no, no, no. Only if you also come in and get a growler. No, totally. So, technically, off the bat, we're probably not going to do to-go orders, um, and that's based on just risk management of making sure that the kitchen we have, which is fairly small, can handle um, what's going on in the in the tap room. Uh, assuming we do have excess <laughs> capacity, I'm happy to do to-go orders. I, look, I'd love to sell more stuff, right? Um, so, but we're off the bat at least going to not do that. Um, now, you know, if you kind of call me and it's slow and we trade some... some Saturday lunch. Hatchets. Yeah, yeah. Do that. Hatchets are good, Come man. down with a milk jug full of hatchets. Meet, 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 you, meet you in the back behind the building. Yeah. That doesn't sound sketchy. We've it's not. We've just, been, a, just a girl trading tequila for, we've been for blessed. sandwiches. <laughs> we've been blessed with a delicious, dark... I'm going to go with porter. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's close. It's a little it's a little over roasty, but it it was kind of a it was kind of a cut at a uh, a Schwartz beer, and it's a little bit roasty, little not as dry as it should be. Yeah, so this you is know. this is this is why you, you have to have balls to bring things that you just brewed for the first time. Um, so that, that's what this is. This, this uh, is this first is cut recipe at five our five days old at our Schwartz beer. Um, we were kind of happy with it, and we said, you know what, hell with it, let's just bring it. Um, so this kind of like lets people know, like, look, the first time you brew every beer, it isn't awesome. This isn't bad. Sometimes it is. It's delicious beer. Mine was awesome. Really? It's terrific. Absolutely. I like it a lot. But I just call it. I just call it a porter. Yeah. Now I feel terrible. Mm, awful. <laughs> no, I did that thing where I didn't tell you what it was. Some of us have a stance on the show that's kind of screw styles. Yeah. Oh, we we totally uh, yeah. have that. We I yeah. We have no loyalty to style whatsoever. No. Even though I've given you a couple of style wonky beers. <laughs> I, no, it, it, it's like beer should be fun. Beer should be tasty. It should be whatever you want that expression to be. You are making it. It is make it what it is. I mean, you know, you can make beer to make win awards, but that doesn't guarantee that it's a unique beer. That doesn't guarantee that it's creative beer. That doesn't guarantee that it's tasty. Sometimes it does, but, you know. This comes off as like a um, kind of a... a a punchy roast, I guess, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah, like no. it kind of, kind of a bit of a brightness. It's, in it. Yeah, it's it's fleeting. It, it um, it hits you, and then you just want to drink more. Yes, quaffable, very quaffable. Yeah, kind of because it has a tasting notes of robust porter without the heft of robust porter, or the heft that robust porter mm-hmm. can have. What that's, is this, like five, I think that's a, a great way to describe <laughs> it. Yeah. But Brandon's not tasted this beer yet. This is this he's actually done the Sam Calgione and go, We haven't even had time to taste this beer yet. We're bringing it to a sampling. <laughs> yeah. That's how we roll here. Yeah. Absolutely delicious. I predict people will want to drink lots of all of these beers that you have brought us. And uh, we really appreciate you guys sharing with us. So we're gonna take another break. We'll be right back on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. 
Plus, don't forget to download your choice of podcast app and follow us on your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, we are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast and be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. Plus, be on the lookout for show video and the new Cincy Brewcast YouTube channel. You can also leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. And then what's gone absolutely off the hook is the is the bottle series the trunk series and then the uh the funk the, the funk, funk series, series. yeah when when can we can we, when can we <laughs> see some of that we've just been teasing that for the last like year <laughs> that's a joke it's a big inside joke around here right oh all those people are waiting for the funk series oh. we were actually joking joking about that the other day you said you know what if we actually just never released a funk series beer and the labels kept coming out then it just becomes this legend like oh man have you, did you see the latest funk and then you float it float it like yeah. you know Noam says oh yeah I, they, they gave me a little bit last I week. would totally really bite amazing. on that if you guys started putting Labels there that I <laughs> Hi again, everybody. Mike Cisneros here, and on the next edition of The Voice of Cincy Craft, we welcome one of our charter guests. He was on our third program, none other than Mike Dewey, the co-founder and owner, along with wife Kathleen, of Mount Carmel Brewing Company here in Mount Carmel, Ohio. We'll play catch-up with Mike and find out about their recent capacity and taproom expansions and if there are plans for more. The launch of their new bomber program and the success of their first entry, Ice Cream Stout, a recent podium honor for one of their core beers, and so much more. That's next Monday, February 1st, with our live Periscope TV broadcast starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and our podcast dropping on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, and more on Tuesday, February 2nd. So join myself, the Gnarly Gnome, Tina Cisneros and Angie Cisneros with our special guest, Mike Dewey of Mount Carmel Brewing Company, right here on the next Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Mike Cisneros back here with you on Cincy Brewcast, joined by the gnarly gnome, Tina Cisneros, Angie Cisneros, and our two guests tonight, Mike Alberella, Brandon Hughes of Nine Giant in Pleasant Ridge. And the gentleman, we really appreciate uh, all of the wonderful, delicious beers, and he, he's even got another one he's firing up for us, which, please, please, please. Um, why Pleasant Ridge? So, uh, there's the... There's the marketing answer, and then there's my real answer. Uh, my marketing answer, and it, it, it's, it's actually totally true, is that um, it's a really nice community that's growing, moving in the right direction, that especially when we signed our lease was immensely underserved. Um, you just had way too many families, younger people there, or sort of you know living there looking for things around them that just didn't exist. Um, there's a couple places to eat, and by that I mean like you know two, three, um, Gaslight PRC. Yeah. Um, uh, and the uh, Ethiopian place, Emanu. Um, which which is killer, by the way. Um, but not a lot of breadth in terms of offerings of places to eat. Um, uh, Gaslight's a killer bar. Uh, I used to drink there. I used to throw... I had a, had a, had a dart league that uh, threw there. Um, 
Uh, Molly Malone's had kind of teetered down. Um, so we sort of saw a, a real need in that community for something. Um, and it very much matched with what Mike and I wanted to do, which was to put a brewery slash you know, brew pub in the middle of a community in a business district. Um, when we first started this, we did not want to do the go out into some industrial park thing. I think that's a, that's a fine business model. Just didn't interest us. We wanted something that was um, sort of like maybe even hopefully knock on wood and anchor of a community and of, a, of an entertainment district um, where we know people that walk in because they're there every couple days. Not that they're drunk. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not judging. They just like beer. Right. Um, so we, we, we wanted that and finding that on the east side of Cincinnati for a price that's reasonable. Um, you can't do that in Hyde Park, Mount Lookout, Oakley. Um, so Pleasant Ridge was a very natural extension of us from in the area that we wanted to be in. Uh, the real reason is I used to drink at the Dubliner a lot, and I have very fond yeah. memories of that place when it back when it was cool. Absolutely. Um, and I was like, man, I want to be down the street from there. And then I used to stop at everybody's and buy records like three times a week mm-hmm. um, on the way home from and work. I mean, it is. It's like Mayberry. It's killer. Honestly, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's got you know. It's almost like. Just I've heard it so many times. It's not even Pleasant Ridge anymore to me. It's like the neighborhood. Like hey, well, it, it, like what, you know. It also doesn't hurt that forty five thousand cars are passing through that intersection every day, and yeah. it's gotten you know what was the the, the walkable <laughs> score and stuff. You know, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's, it's got all the right things. It's, it's got it's a lot of great a place like that. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, to and, and to get in the in the corner building, like we're right on the corner, well, almost right on the corner. Like it's a you know, it's a killer building. It's old. It has history. You can kind of feel it in its bones. Um, we're 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 really excited. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you know, for it to be an old toy shop is also pretty cool. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I'm sad that we couldn't save the old floors, but there was so much just horrible plumbing going on underneath there. It just it we just tried moved. really hard. It was sad. I, it was like you're like we have to do. Okay, fine. Yeah. We'll move on. We'll, we'll find another way to incorporate wood into what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, we're, I, I'm, I'm into materiality. I, I like, you know, you have to be a part of where you are. Um, we want to be part of that Pleasant Ridge community because it is a great, neat, diverse community. The people in Pleasant Ridge have been aching for something to go in there for a long while. It's really been nice to kind of hear like hey you know i'm developing this brewery in pleasant ridge you're like oh pleasant ridge i you know one of my first apartments was in pleasant ridge my mom used to live in pleasant ridge you know, everybody has a connection somehow that kind of revolves around that community they, my they mom all was have born in touchdown. pleasant ridge there my, you go my college roommate lives in pleasant ridge right now which i had no it, idea it's, about it's one of those neat little places where there's just a lot going on so you know it's for it to be underserved by you know sort of dining and and retail establishments we're we're hoping to try and re- reboot all, it. I mean, all the while only being nine miles away from Cincinnati. I mean, it's it's still part of it is of the this city. bigger thing, mm-hmm. but but it's its own little kind of yeah, community. Yes, it's, yes. It's, we were reminded several times it's part of Cincinnati. It is part of for Cincinnati. better or worse. Yeah, it's nine miles away from Cincinnati. Nine mile, nine mile, nine nine. Miles. Miles. The, the tavern that's right on the corner is the original nine mile house from the late eighteen hundreds. There's the inside if, of it. If you back up, you can still see the original roof, and you can. I yeah. mean, it's there's some history there that people just don't even. Yes. Unless you dig really deep, right. you'll never see it. And that was part of the renovation they did. They pull a lot of the old stucco off. You actually see the old tavern. Right. It's kind of cool. I mean, we hit we hit uh, cisterns inside our building, yeah. like a ten foot wide cistern that we had to fill with concrete. We had old uh, uh, four foundations. We had all kinds of crazy stuff that we had to deal with. And I mean, that building is not going 
anywhere. <laughs> There's a lot of concrete wow. in and around that building. It's funny, too, because when Tina first started at Overlook, she told me, well, we're the only thing in there, and, you know, Nine Giants coming soon. And, and it's really funny, that neighborhood, because that neighborhood used to have a, a bar on, you yes. know, a bar on one end of the corner, a bar on the mm-hmm. other corner, then down the next block was a bar and another bar and a place to eat and all that kind of stuff. So it's really, I mean, I'm, I'm just, it's, it, it'd be interesting to know kind of what happened to it. And, I, and we don't need to get into that here, but I mean, it just is, it's, it's interesting to, to, to wonder why all of that sort of went away. And I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of it had to do it with the, losing the, uh, yeah. lo- losing a lot of the industrial jobs that were right down the hill at, at mm-hmm. Millicron and, and different places like that. So there was probably a different element of, of people in there and so forth but it's just great to know that there's guys that are like you guys that are interested in bringing that kind of thing back and and you know we really appreciate it and again that's something that we've dealt with very often on this program and talking to a lot of guys uh no matter what community whether it's somebody like uh, at old, uh, old out at old firehouse or whether it's up the street or whether it's mad tree or whoever it is they want to be they they not only want to be a part of of the community as far as you know providing you know the beer for their community but they want to be a central part of it. They want the to living be room. the living room. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's fun to see that everybody wants to be part of Cincinnati, but then mm. everybody wants to be part of their own individual parts of Cincinnati, but, but which is Cincinnati. which is what makes Cincinnati what it is. I mean, and yeah. Nobody, you know, I, I I get I get so upset sometimes that Cincinnati doesn't get the respect as a, as a beer city that it deserves, and I think that's part of one mm. of the things that makes it so different than a than, than a lot of other cities. Is it's getting there. I think it it's gets a puzzle. Respect, it's this yeah. big 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 puzzle of different communities that make up mm-hmm. this big giant picture. I mean, Ryan Geis is in Bon Appetit. This uh, issue Today. for uh, pure pure. Pure furry, 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 per, furry, per furry, per furry. <laughs> That's a good freaking beer. That's a great beer. Yeah, yeah. Good beer. sure is. Uh, speaking of good beer, uh, yeah, should, it I, taste taste I, should I take a shot? Yes, yeah, yeah. taste oh. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, so, so, very, very close. Yes. Uh, this is Grisette. Michael. Yes. Yeah, so this is this is a um, in our exploration of saison. Uh, this is a sort of a slight derivation where it's uh, heavily wheat based. A little bit lower gravity, more wheat-based, um, less emphasis on dryness, and um, um, less, a little less emphasis on, on being it super dry, super hoppy, or, or hoppier, drier finish. This is just a little bit softer. This, you know, if you read some of the history books, is the beer of the coal miners of lower France and Belgium. So, I don't know. I just I wanted to kind of explore reducing it down to just like, Pills malt wheat, starting to continue to play around with the same yeast cultures, but like give them a little bit something different to chew on. It's almost change the water. Almost too. goes alike without the salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I th- easy I, again, I, I I felt more like a a, a Belgian, you know, like a Belgian single, like a yes. Belgian, you know, um, without the Abbey. W- without yeah, without the Abbey. Yeah. Yeah, and we've got a we've got a Belgian five too. We, yeah. we didn't bring it, but yeah, it's it's probably not far off from this. No, it's it's actually in the neighborhood. I mean, you know, I I, I just thought you know 
It's I, I want to be. But I love to, the story. I mean, the the, the French coal miners, and, and I mean that's just, that's. Such I a read cool, a lot. Okay. Well, yeah, but you know that's the kind of thing too that you can do with beer is educate people about mm. you know different cultures and different kind of things. I mean, what a <laughs> thing to put on the back of the bottle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, that's not possible. This is also brand that's new. I had I had I had not tasted this until right now. It's good. Good job, Mike. Well done. I try. Ten about ten taps then yes. in, when you open uh, yeah. and and one will always be saison if you mm-hmm. if you couldn't tell we kind of dig saison stuff right right um they'll always be I want to read some of the um the style things that have come out that that the taps will kind of follow because I think this is fun yeah do it so <laughs> a pale ale tap an IPA tap lager slash hybrid which means Kolsch Kolsch alt beer. California Common, something like that, yeah, some kind right. of um, darkish, mm-hmm. which which I like. So your your Schwartz beer or something like that, maybe. Yeah, we have um, a we have a uh, dark mile we like quite a bit. We're not gonna call it dark mile because that sounds like an awful name for a beer. <laughs> dark darker, mile. darker, darker. Saison, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Belgian, high gravity, tart slash sour. So something you know as you get into the sours and then seasonal. See seasonal esque. And I didn't didn't write the brewer's choice on that Yeah, so Mike and I aren't necessarily the biggest fans of some of the seasonal beers that everybody kind of feels like they have to do. So the odds of us making Christmas sales, zero. Absolute zero. zero. Um, Unless we find something interesting to do that's not what anybody else does. Um, Pumpkin ale, low to quite low chance of Mm. us doing it. (laughs) And it's just, look. It depends if we need to pump up sales. We don't need to pump up sales. I, I will not, tell you the same thing that I've told other brewers that said that. Like you if you don't brew a pumpkin beer, me and my Everyone wife will come walking will into your brewery with pumpkins under our arms with right. taps stuck in the side of them, and we'll fill them as a growler and sit on your bar and drink them yeah. as pumpkin beers. So one thing we can do, so partially for this reason, like not really for this reason, but it actually it kind of helps out, we're going to have guest taps. So those sort of aforementioned other tap lines that may or may not be run under our floors um, could be used for guest taps. So at some point, we will have the ability to fill more tap lines, and if somebody wants a pumpkin beer, and we find a pumpkin beer we feel does a really good job to that style, then we'll do that. Our thing as brewers is that everybody brews kind of the same pumpkin beer, and when and if we get inspired to do a different kind of pumpkin beer and something that... Sour pumpkin. Yeah. Um, so I saw uh, Taft this year. I didn't have it. They did a Pepitas beer, which I, I had... That's, that's pumpkin seeds, toasted pumpkin seeds. It was delicious. Which, which I had thought about. I was like, before I saw them do it, I was like, hey, we could do Pepitas because I like spicy stuff and that can kind of fill it in with like sort of a, I don't know, ancho chili Pepitas uh, ale or porter of some sort could be kind of rad so we might do something like that but actual pumpkin with pumpkin spice and and um shout out to fibonacci for their pumpkin beer this year too they did a, like a pumpkin stout and I, I i can't remember what spice he used in it if anything if it was just pumpkin in a porter but um or stout i mean um it was it was incredible i mean like you know they're yeah. you're starting to get some of those people breaking away from that 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 pumpkin spice latte kind of trend right which, yeah, so like, yeah, the pumpkin thing maybe. Uh, Finally, an I don't. IPA. I don't dislike pumpkin as much as Mike dislikes pumpkin beer. Um, but uh, yeah. so what? So I try then, every year though. What seasonal? 
I mean, what? I mean, so, you know, for, like I'm saying, it, like, I mean, you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah winter warmer. Totally. Okay. You know. So, for, that's for, for, for instance, barley fair, wine, yeah. there will most likely be summer half of bison. Like real German. Chiching. I'm talking bubblegum, clove, real half of bison. Uh, yeah. Right, exactly. Banana. So, like <laughs> that you'll you'll see in summer. Um It'll probably get something a little darker. You could even, you could see a Schwartz beer in the fall. Would make sense. Mm-hmm. You could definitely see Oktoberfest happening then. A uh, Marzen, um, uh, winter, maybe winter warmer, maybe not. Something probably darker. Um, maybe that turns into a. If we want to keep a double IPA on the high gravity tap, maybe the the seasonals of Russian Imperial during like Ooh. real winter winter. Um, but you'll see stuff like that. And right. then also good, we'll put good. just kind of weird stuff where we're like, hey, uh, so I like chili beer a whole lot, like kind of spicy things, sometimes a little too spicy. Um, so if and when we do that, we'll probably put that on that on okay. that 10th tap to cool. kind of let that be something experimental. Excellent. I just I, I still I love so much the idea of the, the styles on taps. Like I almost want big labels on the taps that say this is the darkish tap. I, I, just, I think that's the coolest idea that, that Thank you. if you guys can stick with it. That's so. I'm I'm actually willing when we open the brewer, to put the to, brewer to, laughs. I, I know because this was no because this, this marketer's was, plan. Brewers laugh totally. This was this was my idea that I had I had I had to talk him into. I think you you kind of got why this was a hmm. cool idea. You, this, and Mike and I both have drinking ADD. Like we don't like drinking the same stuff all the time, even if it's great, right? Like. There are some local beers I think are amazing, and I haven't drank them, and I don't know how long. But you know your lager hybrid tap is just going to be drained every, every you know. Maybe. Maybe. In theory. I, I think the IPA. So I'm actually really curious, um, and it was fun um, talking to, I don't know if I talked to Scott or, the, or uh, what's her name, Allison, the uh, manager at Blank Slate, but about how taps don't really sell necessarily like you think they're going to sell. Right. And you'd be surprised. Because I was thinking, you know, IPA is going to sell like crazy and the hybrid tap is going to sell like crazy. And she said, you you might be surprised at sort of what you actually see selling. Um, It might be a a little more even than what you would think. So we'll see. Be fun to see. Because part of like why I want to go along with this is that I really like having a breadth of styles. There are times where I always want an IPA. I'll get, I'll get into a month, a year, but like I got to have IPA, nothing else. But there are other times where I just want to switch it up. I want a little this, I want a little that. It's like walking into a brew pub. One of the strengths of that is being able to access the freshest beer you can. And you want to be able to jump on a few different, you know, sort of lily pads and like, all right, give me something super malty. Give me something super light. And then you can kind of delve into the hops and, get some malt back into things you know it's like that beer is a crazy wonderful sort of adventure ride i mean it's it's so far beyond what wine can do because they only have what two three ingredients we got you know we can toast malt in umpteen different ways Mm -hmm. we can make malt do so many different things and then we can not just do barley we can do other ingredients as well like you like the this. rye okay. yeah, that is, is in this yes. red rye. Finally, the glass is already empty. Yeah, that was I, that was quick. This is I, fi- finally I, I held. We, we 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 I guess we I don't know. Not really buried the lead, but you know I did the IPA is the last thing we did. This is a, this is a red mountain rye that we have called now. Did we did we actually change it? Anyway, <laughs> this this was a recipe. I'll I'll do the backstory first. This is a recipe that my brother and I did uh, when I visited him out when he was working at a brew pub called Carver's in. Uh, Durango, Colorado. 
and he was the head brewer there, and it was a red. Let me red interject egg. quickly that yeah. Michael's brother is a GABF gold medal winning brewer. He doesn't his. work for us. Yet. I'm just saying but, that, yeah. that, that, he, that he your brother won a freaking he GABF yeah. gold. It was a Munich Dunkel. It was Munich Dunkel. Jeff, really if you're listening, you're welcome. Yes. He is a great brewer, but he's now he's now at a, 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 a small farmhouse brewery. It's literally located in an urban farmhouse in Fort Collins. Wow. Uh, he's working with the Funkworks guys, if you know Saison mm-hmm. at all. Funkworks right, is right. cornering the market on that. So they wanted to do a barrel-aged project, so they have Jessup Farm Barrel House. So Jeff is heading that up. But Excellent. we brewed this red rye together, and we've been kind of messing around with it, and Brandon had the idea that we are going to call this beer. So the beer is called... This beer is named Brothers. So, my brother and I developed the beer. This beer very, is very named Very Black brother. Keys of you. Very Black Keys. Yes. Very nice. <laughs> the Smiths. This beer is I, delicious. I'm a huge sucker for rye beers of all kinds. And and this one is probably up in the top echelon of, of what I've had. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a big red yeah, this is, this is definitely on um, the red side of things. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but you can taste the spiciness mm-hmm. of the rye, and that's just something to me that always is so great in a, in, in a rye beer that you can just taste that, 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 that spicy, you know, darkish flavor that's just it's incredible. I'm, it's just got a nice turn in the middle of the palate. just kind of like just grabs you. And, is this you know. Citra? No, that is um, Simcoe and... And some other hop. Simcoe and I, another hop that so I, is escaping and, me. And just a, a caress of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not it, it really up, up front with the malt and the rye. Yeah. I mean, and it's then not just trying a caress of the hop. Just, yeah. just enough to let you know that, you know, what neighborhood you're in, but not anything that's going to knock people. I think it's, I think it's yeah, absolutely it's, terrific. It's really good. Yeah. So. So we're like we're, you won't even beer th- brew this this one all the time. Well, no. <laughs> I know, and see that's 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 the trade off, I mean, right? Yeah, and it, right. And it and it and it sucks for like, some people are going to hate us. People are going to love it. Um, but it's almost like for Mike and I to be true to what the vision of this thing was, we had to go. Hey, look, what we like about tap rooms is the unique one offs you get. And if that's the same thing all the time, like you you can't do you can't just keep adding more and more taps, right? Um, at least I guess you can for. a for a while but yeah um for, well for, theoretically <laughs> you have may or may not have tap right. lines running under the floor that yeah well so there will be a capacity problem as well if you continue to try and brew main lines and, and you I, right yeah yeah, yeah. um taps are going to be tough kind of a small barrels. system so yeah, yeah. like you, you, we can't grow to 30 taps right so right. we, we kind of had to, had to make a choice of if we want to stay true to our vision we have to be willing to take things off right um, and it's honestly things won't come back. They, especially right. popular things will come back. Right. And it's, it's kind of I've almost likened it to the uh, to the uh, Disney Vault, where mm. you can't <laughs> great marketing. You can't always buy Bambi, <laughs> but, uh, but, it, but Bambi's coming back. Right, right. And, and occasionally they'll tart it up. Like it'll be on you know digital, or it'll yeah. be on Firkin, you know, man, Firkin. Or, or it'll be yeah, it'll be nitro. in the uh, it'll, Bambi, yeah, on Bambi, Bambi on Bambi nitro. Bambi yeah. on nitro. <laughs> Man, that's fantastic. Uh, you know what? I had, jeez, I had something else I wanted to ask, and I just—it slipped my mind. How did you guys um, get so attractive? Mm. That's a question for us. Well, that's the beer. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, isn't it? right. No. You oh, guys yeah. have gotten better looking as I've continued to drink. I was going to say, so. good jeans. Get your hand off my leg. Yeah. Nope. 
<laughs> reviews get better if you bring more beer. That's, that's true. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Discovered the secret. That's why we brought lots. What do you guys? What's what? Hey oh. <laughs> We're not drunk. What's the measure of success? <laughs> if you, I ask, I ask this a lot. I mean, what do you guys think success would be for you? I, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't care what I make off this. Like, and I think people kind of hear that and go, "Yeah, come on, right? That's bullshit." Um, it's true. Like, I left a job where I made a lot more money than I'll ever make doing this. Um, that sounds really asshole. A little bit. Um, <laughs> I left a very good paying job to do this because I wanted to to do this. Um, so if we go in every day and we can keep the lights on and we make people happy, and for me personally, just ego-wise, if people who know great beer think we make great beer, I'm really happy. That means a lot. And, and you know, surviving, having a good existence. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, you know we're, not, we're not, we didn't get into this because we think we're going to make a million dollars making beer and... We're making. We want to make things for people. We want to create a community. We want to like have the spot where we, you know, sitting down and breaking bread with our family is very important. It's something that we felt was important to include with what we're doing. We didn't want to do tap room only because we wanted be, beer and food go together. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's just part right, of right. the deal. It's what makes life good. So we're getting into that business to where we want to provide one of those great things to people. I remembered what I wanted to ask. Distro? Yes? No? Maybe? Very little, um, assuming we have excess capacity. So the model, our business model is based on selling things in-house at the at the Upper Pub. Um, there are, a few people have expressed interest in getting kegs both in and around Pleasant Ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming we have excess capacity and, and we're not, and, and we can actually, we have a little bit of extra beer sitting around, happy to do that. Um, it's not a main thrust of ours just because you can't, you don't really make money doing distribution until you get to scale. Right. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, we didn't size the brew system to, to do distribution. We, we did it. So we wanted right. to have just enough to serve the freshest beer possible within our space. That's what our focus is. Package it all and package at all, or just the growlers and things like that. There may be some long-term that bottle. Definitely projects. not off the bat. That if not off Brett the bat. Brett Saison needs to go and bottle. Yeah. So if yes, we'll, Assuming we have a little bit of room, we have a little bit of room set aside so we don't need to put more tanks in to yep. have some some barrels, and we're kind of talking about doing some barrel things, probably different barrel things than most people are doing, um, not really getting... Barrel is close. Yeah, so like we would... So just us, <laughs> so as, <baller. laughs> us as brewers, like we would rather get a tequila bottle or... or sorry, a tequila barrel um, or a bottle uh, or a gin barrel and do something with that as opposed mm-hmm. to just, hey, let's go get a, a Let's go get bourbon another bourbon barrel space and is gonna put be another, <laughs> you know, dark beer in it. Right. And, yeah. I just, I, I, we don't have any interest in doing things people are already doing really, really well. Yeah. That's not super interesting um, to us. And I'll say we won't do, and most things we're doing here are fairly base style as right there aren't crazy adjuncts in any of this stuff yes and we're going to do crazy adjunct stuff we're just trying to nail base style first because yeah you you can hide a lot of beer flaws when you put a bunch of crazy adjuncts and stuff if you make the the, if you if if the beer's dimed Mm -hmm. to start with you can really make some amazing stuff um so that's kind of the ethos that that we have um so you'll see crazy adjunct stuff come out from us um as one-offs as firkin stuff um 
And yeah, we'll do some bottle stuff down the road. We're not put. We, we don't have a bottling line by any means. Um, we'll hand bottle some stuff down the road. Probably kind of special one-off, smaller yeah. batch we're, things. We're gonna have to see how all this stuff fits into our space. I've heard you mention Firkins a couple times tonight. Is that a big part of of what you guys kind of envision this 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 come here and drink our beer kind of thing? I'm strongly. Can I talk about this? Yeah, sure. Okay. I. Uh, Especially, so before I saw Jesse talking about the the new Moreland Firkin event, um, we'd been planning for several months to do a, a soft opening Firkin thing. Um, so we'll probably do uh, a Firkin soft opening. Um, so that sounds very provocative and kinky. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your pins out. A, a Firkin soft opening. Yeah. So so basically. One of the problems we're going to run into and just in like operations is once we're licensed and everything, we have three tanks. We have 10 tap lines. So you have to brew, you know, three straight days, you brew three beers and you wait three weeks. And three straight days, you brew three beers and wait three weeks. Well, we have a, a, a bunch of those beers. So you can stick a little bit and some Firkins, do some crazy one-off Don't make it sound logistical. Them. Make it sound fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be I, a well, very special. There's lots of other stuff going on that it's just not, it doesn't happen to be brewing because we don't have 12 tanks sitting around. I, we're we're going to, we have the luxury. We have our, we have our federal license started. Done. Uh, done, done. Done. Our state license has started. We should be finishing up with construction to where we can move the brewing system in, in mid to late February. And we can get that kind of solidified before we get everything else finished out. Um, That's a good point. We're kind of hoping that we're going to be able to get that area solidified, get it signed off, and be able to start brewing and start socking away some beer because we're terrified. Right. I, I mean, you know, you've seen some of the other openings yeah. that have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we will not run out of beer. <sighs> And that's why I mean we don't, we don't you don't want, want to run. We out don't. Of beer. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's. So we're we're brewing uh, uh, five barrels at a time, and uh, we have two five barrel fermenters and one ten. If you're not doing distribution, then it's a being quite a bit of beer. Um, so we're we purposely did not go the nano brewery route. We did not want to go the hey we'll brew on a one barrel system or a you know two barrel system where you're just setting yourself up to be capacity constrained. Not to knock anybody that's done that. I understand why they do it. We just didn't go that route. Um, as the red rye is poured again, fantastic guys, really. I mean, yes, that's good. That's good. I'm waiting to pour something in Mike to go. That sucks. Like <laughs> who me? Yeah, who me? No, I. Won't. You guys might want to go back to the drawing board on that uh, one because. Uh, like amateur have, hour up in this have piece. Have we ever had anything on the show that we didn't am, am, like that we talked about? Am I wrong? About? Have I been wrong yet? Did anybody think I've been wrong yet? It, uh... To answer your question, now, there was some stuff on the show you guys didn't like. You just didn't talk about it. Was it something local? Yes. I don't remember. Was it local? Yes. It was from mm-hmm. a very, very large oh, I got you. local brewery that we thought was not too hot. But, you know, whatever. I would... Uh, I'm not blowing wind up you guys' ass. I think I this thing just, is. I think I'm this stuff has been. Ter- I think all this stuff has been really, really terrific. I appreciate that. As and you see, we like covering a lot of ground. You do. You do. I mean, I mean, it's almost become cliche in the in the craft beer business these days to say, "Well, just come in and we'll find something that you like that we can help you find something that you'll want to drink." But really, honestly, I think you guys should be able to do it with ten taps and especially with the stuff that we've tried tonight, uh, 
I think it's going to be terrific. I think you guys are. I mean, are, as are a, good, you guys are in good shape. As a beer you. drinker, <laughs> when you walk into a place and they have a really finely crafted tap list, you're like, "Oh, that's good." Just look at that, right? Look at that. Yeah. Oh, but because right, so many right. places you you walk into, and it's and it's not to talk about breweries, but just bars in general. You walk in, you're like, "Okay, so they have uh, eight taps. It's like seven IPAs." Uh, and a Belgian quad. Yeah, that's a big like, problem in the industry, too. That's a big problem. I think there's been backlash with people throwing the whole craft beer industry under the bus because all they can get in a certain place is seven IPAs and a Belgian quad. Yeah. But the problem I mean, is those IPAs sell. They do. But it's, I mean, it's like, go go to Whole Foods, which does a really nice job with craft, food in some, or in, with craft beer in some ways, and look at the beer aisle. It's, not, it's wall-to-wall IPA. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, IPA, double IPA, um, things that are called other styles that are just really IPAs that are, you know, dark IPAs. And it's it's kind of exhausting. Um, and I love IPA. So, but we, we just felt we want to do something that was broader and included more people. Mm-hmm. So, as a beer drinker that I walk into, and I know we're running late on time, so this might not be something that... Sorry, guys. Um, if... If I walk into a brew pub and I see a really great, finely crafted tap list, and I say, "Oh, this is great! This is the coolest thing in the world," the first thing I do is, "I, I want a flight. I want, I yeah. want to try it all." So we gotta, we gotta ask the question: Why no flights? Because right, they're a pain in the ass for bartenders. That's actually part of it. Um, do you, that is part of it. Do you want to? Well, right, brewing I'll, I'll a beer a is a pain in the ass yeah. for 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 a place. You know? Oh yeah. It's but 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 think of think of the poor bartender and I, and I I'm we're both guilty of it. I guarantee you, because you want to try everything. But here's we're proposing a different way of doing things. Instead of these wonderful little cups, this is actually one of my preferred ones because it actually has a little bit of a, a thing on it. Mike is holding a tiny tasting glass. I'm holding a tiny tasting yeah. glass. That that one that you have, the gnome has. Yes. It's a straight sided, which it's a, it's a shrunken shaker pint. It's a shot glass. It is a it is a double shot glass. It's a horrible vessel to drink beer in and i experienced you know a beer in that doesn't hold a candle to what you're talking about a belgian tulip because you can actually get some aromatics going on where you can stick your nose in it you can actually smell what's going on when you fill up a taster glass to the top of it there's no there's no air volume you can't get any mixing to be able to get that aroma which is 90 percent of taste if not 100 so what we're proposing is that, you know, don't come in. We're not going to sell you like 10 of these little sample glasses. We want you to come in, have a half. If you want to try everything, have a half glass at a time. Come in, have a half glass. You can enjoy that beer. You don't, you're not ticking it off. You're trying to actually drink it, enjoy it, and, and make it, you know, an experience. You can do it at seven ounces at a time or whatever, six ounces. Six, six seven ounces. Six, I, seven ounces at a time. I respect it, but I don't like it. I, I totally get this this is going to be uh, contentious, right? But if you if you think about it, a lot of your tasting glasses now are in the four to five ounce range, right? We're proposing serving you six to seven in a proper glass. It's not much more in terms of volume. Um, but what it does is first off for, for bartenders, it's it's just faster. It it expedites service, which boom, boom. I don't really give a shit about the bartender. What because that's probably me. What I care about is the customer experience. If you're the dude caught behind three people in a line ordering flights, it sucks. Because mm-hmm. you can't get a drink and you're waiting there 15 minutes to, to get a drink. I get itchy when I don't have a beer. Right. And there, um, so like, I think it's a better customer experience. And I get some customers will be pissed off about this. Um, but I'm willing to sort of, to, to 
put our asses on the line and say, hey, look, we, we want to serve beer that's going to taste better in an expedited way to you. And the only way to do that efficiently is to not do flights. My- I, I'm, I'm, I've always been of the opinion that the only thing that a flight can and really should do is inform you of what your first pint should be. Right. And I don't necessarily care whether or not places have flights. I'm, you know, I'm, I like to drink a whole pint and really find out. I mean, I think that's really the only way you can tell whether you really like something or not is to drink a, a pint or 13 ounces or a snifter or whatever, you know, whatever vessel the bar decides they're going to sell it in. So I'm, you know, people, if, quit, if quit your whining. If, if I, if I, if I, <laughs> I mean, walk into a, a brewery though, that does have a quick ever changing tap list. Like that's, that's, that's tough for me. Even, mm-hmm. You know, if I've got an hour or two where I have to, you know, you guys are right around where I work, not anywhere close to where I live. I'm stopping after work right. and I'm telling my wife that, Oh, I'm going to be home in a minute, honey. I have X amount of time then from that point on to try what's, what's there. Maybe get a pint if I can, maybe if I don't have time, I can't get a pint. You know, it's, it's, it's tough. It, yeah. um, I, mean, I, would I, say res- the- I, I will say that I respect the decision a whole bunch. I understand it. Right. If you, if you just, I'm gonna be grumpy about it though. If you will, yeah. If you I mean, but if you just pencil out like, especially because our beers, if you hadn't noticed, tend to be a little lower alcohol in for each sort of particular side. We're definitely on the lower end of the of the scale most times. Um, what ends you end up drinking about the same volume. So if you did four flights of four at a different brewery of four, you know, four or five ounces, you could probably do you do the same alcohol getting uh, six half pours from us into our, you know, call it a six and a half ounce pour, it's the same volume. Um, and if we're able to expedite service a bit more, hopefully in, in the same time period, right. it will feel different. The other nice thing we can do is we, we're pretty sure that we're serving you that flight at a closer to correct temperature. Think about somebody who, who, who right. you know, comes in, especially some of these breweries that do larger flights, they do a like <coughs> six beer flight. By the time somebody gets to that sixth beer, now hopefully it's a stout and it's it should warm up, mm. but... If a lot of times if they're drinking their flight the right direction, which most people don't. So what is happening is they've they, they've got a pale ale sitting there at the end that's now like you know kind of like piss warm chongo like it's <laughs> um, and they're like hey this isn't very good it's like no it just you should have drank that half an hour ago um, so we're all trying to I I realize we are f- like fighting a battle here um, skiing uphill yeah totally skiing uphill and look. If if I get people outside with pitchforks, like I'm willing to change my mind on these things, at least to a certain degree, I would probably serve. So uh, Great Divide won't serve you a flight. They will do tasting glasses like this, and they will serve you two at a time. Um, I'm willing if people just get angry to acquiesce to this, but I'll always tell somebody that wants to do it, hey, look, I'll be honest, this other glass will taste better, and it's just like an ounce and a half more. But if you really want this thing, I'll serve you two of them. That's that's fine. Um yeah, and rants. It's it's interesting. I think it's bold. I think it's interesting. I think it's unique. You know, nut up and have a pint. You know, nut up. You've got ten choices up there. It's already divided for you in 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 you know IPA or you know dark or darker or whatever. I, the gnome you just needs to come a, in every week. 
No, you, every week. Well, I think maybe that's, that's what he's worried about. I'll be fine. <laughs> he has to go in every week. Like physically, <laughs> if I have four new beers every week, that's that's going to be a There's feat no of way. strength. That's going to be a feat of strength. The best case scenario, unless it's sort of one-off Ferkin-style stuff, is you're going to see one to two beers that are new a week um, at a pace that's operationally possible for us. Mm. Wow. So it's it's not 10 new beers a week. Right. You'll be okay. As long as you show up every week. Yeah, nut up, gnome. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, you heard it here. I just have to stop after oh, work. Oh, man. A couple pints. Mike Alberella. Science. Brandon Hughes. Thank you very much. For the good of Cincinnati. The beer was fantastic. Uh, we are so pleased and happy and gratified that you guys brought so much. And you really uh, shared with us uh, just an incredibly wide range of what's I think going to be outstanding beer springtime. We'll say springtime. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, over in pleasant Ridge, uh, sounds like it's going to be a terrific <coughs> facility. Sounds like it's going to be a wonderful experience for all the folks over in pleasant Ridge and for people coming uh, from beyond to uh, give you guys a shot. Thanks so much for being here on Cincy. Well, thank you guys. Uh, we will be, uh, in touch with you guys again because we will be doing the show uh, on March 14th at Overlook Lodge and you guys can talk again and, and we'll really do a whole thing about Pleasant Ridge and what makes it so unique and what makes it the kind of place that uh, more and more businesses seem like they want to be involved in. So, um, gentlemen, we appreciate it. It's been terrific. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Listen, that uh, wraps it up here on Cincy Brewcast. Once again, I'd like to let everybody know that uh, we are going to be joined next week by <coughs> Mike Dewey from Mount Carmel Brewing Company, which is right up the street here in Mount Carmel. So don't uh, be sure to uh, join us for that. And also, uh, we'd like to mention that on February 15th, we're going to be live again at the 8-Ball Brewing down in Bellevue, Kentucky. We're going to be joined by... Uh, head brewer Mike Darty, Danny Gold, the uh, party source uh, beer director, and of course uh, the inimitable Peanut Kales, who uh, runs the bar over there at uh, Eight Ball. So Will Peanut be wearing his clogs for us. I sure hope so. Anyway, <laughs> Gnarly Gnome from the GnarlyGnome.com. Absolutely, thank you. Angie Cisneros, thank you very much for the social media. Peace. Tina Cisneros, the Overlook Lodge in Pleasant Ridge. Trivia Tuesday, Stephen King. And my name is Mike Cisneros. You've been listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.